This is the University of Northern Colorado Bears Coaches Show. Live at the Goat Sports Bar on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here's Blake Olson. And happy Tuesday, everyone. And thank you very much for joining us from West Greeley and the GOAT as we talk UNC football with head coach Ed Lamb. I am joined by Matt Gator as well, our new color analyst. And Matt, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. Great. Good, great to see you. And we're going to try to get the volume up here so everyone can hear at the GOAT in West Greeley. And Coach Ed Lamb is here. Just got off the uh, practice field. Coach, great to see you. And, man, it seems like an eternity since I've seen you. That was four days ago. But it's amazing how this happens when you have a Thursday game and then you prepare for a long week. But I'm sure uh, your kids uh, can't wait to get back into action. Well, that's true. We can't wait to get back. But also, it, the, these extra days have been valuable for us. We, uh, it was a major disappointment, the result, and uh, tough for the guys to take, tough for the coaches to take, tough for me to take, and exposed a lot of areas where we need to improve. And uh, that's, you know, that's the best we can do is, is take advantage of that opportunity to see where we're at, see where we matched up against what I think is a good team. I guess we'll, t- we'll find out in time how good Abilene Christian is, but I thought they were a very good team. Coach, so first home game coming up here in Greeley, Nottingham Field. What are your thoughts just going into that game, having this hometown really environment at the game? Well, I'm excited for it, um, you know, but there's still a big part of me that looks back at the previous game. That was an unacceptable result. The biggest disappointment for me was the way that we started. We fell down in a hole 21-0. to zero. And uh, in and, and any time that a team starts slow, that's primarily on the head coach. I'm the one that controls the itinerary. I'm the one that controls the way that we practice. I have the biggest, uh, the, the, really the lion's share of our motivational culture. And so starting fast is usually a reflection of, of the job that the head coach has done. And I thought we started incredibly slow. The game became more competitive after that, 21-0 to 0, uh, early, early in the second quarter. And after that, you know, a 31-11 to 11 final result. They kept their starters in the whole time. They were really trying to press and uh, run up the score on us. Our guys fought. And that being said, um, you know, it, it gives me great hope for this week. That gives me great hope for the future because it's me that's got to get better and our, and our coaching staff. What are you concerned about most after a game like that to kick off the season? You didn't have any real tape on them, and they didn't have a lot of tape on you, of course. Uh, but after a game like that, disappointing for the players as well, uh, what do you tell them? What did you tell them in the locker room? Well, I told him what I just told you. I, I, I said that we've got, uh, we just went against a group of coaches. You know, I can take it on us first. We went a group of co- against a group of coaches that know, knew their personnel better than we did. And uh, we, we needed to do a better job, like I said, getting the team ready to go, uh, getting a faster start, uh, putting our playmakers in position to make plays. And there's certainly a lot. I mean, there, I, don't want you, I don't want you to think that we just kind of threw away the f- video and said, hey, the coaches screwed this whole thing up. But we took blame on ourselves first. I took blame on myself primarily, uh, talked about the, the ways that we need to get better at a coaching staff, and then we went about a series of 90-minute meetings and walkthroughs talking about uh, technically how the players should have gotten better. The strategy and, and the itinerary and, and the motivation and all that is, is coaches. Technically, our players could have played a lot better, and I thought that they improved as the game went on. I expect mm-hmm. it will start much better this week. So, Coach, how does the prep work change from week one to week two? Going into week one, you really don't have a ton of film on a team, especially if there's a new coordinator there. Week two, you have at least one game to watch. So how does that kind of change things? 
It does. We have, I mean, primarily, I think our team is at the point where we're still working on uh, primarily what, what we do uh, best and then trying to match that up to what they do. I don't, I don't think that we're, you know, I think sometimes if you have a very veteran team that has a lot of winning experience and, and they know the nuances, the small nuances of what you're doing on offense and defense, you can kind of flavor the game plan a little bit more toward the, the opponent. And I, and I don't think that's necessarily always an advantage. I've had games uh, and seasons where we did too much of that and, and it backfired. So, uh, you know, but I think our, where our program's certainly at is we just need to keep doing the, the basic fundamental skills of our, of our uh, you know, that, that fit into our playbook according to the plays and bring our players along in that way. And, and our players are good enough to win. Abilene Christian was big. They were physical up front on the offensive line. After looking at the tape, uh, what were they doing uh, that, uh, you know, prevented you from slowing them down as far as running the football early on in that game? Yeah, they were winning uh, more of the one-on-one matchups up front. We had some, uh, we had certainly some linebacker fit issues where we just weren't quite getting our counts and, and recognizing formations quickly enough. Some of that was, uh, was we didn't have enough practice repetitions at it. Some new things that Abilene Christian had done that they hadn't shown on film before. They emphasized a lot more uh, 12 personnel than, than they did the year before. And so our guys just weren't quite as tuned up as we should have been. And so while we might have been winning at one or two or three yeah. spots along the defensive front, that's not enough to win the play. That's not enough to win the game. And so we just need to emphasize and, and celebrate the things that were going right and make sure we correct the things that were going wrong. So how is Sermon doing this week, about four days out from the game? Now, obviously, got beat up quite a bit. He was slow getting up a couple times, obviously kept battling throughout the game. And then is there a plan kind of to keep him from taking as much contact or from getting as much contact this week? Yeah, the, the plan is always for the quarterback to take zero contact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, we, and that was one of the disappointments. He took too many hits. And, I, again, I, I think we have to start with, with, you know, the coaches can dictate zero hits on the quarterback. Now, we may not be very good if we just are, are always handing the ball off and always running quick game. We've got to be a little bit more aggressive in our passing game. We've got to find a way to, correct, to uh, protect him better than we did. But incredibly proud of the way he played, the way he toughed it out, and he has not missed a, a beat at, at uh, practice all week. So we expect him to, to continue to lead our team. Yep, he did take a lot of hits, uh, a lot of shots, uh, one to the back, if I remember correctly, a couple to the ribs. Um, but when you look at the offensive line, you had to make some adjustments, and you started a true freshman in Z-Bell, Jack Z-Bell, uh, up front. How did he do when you look, after looking at the tape? Oh, Jack, just, Jack stepped up and played incredibly well for a, a true freshman. You know, ideally, we, we would like to have, we, we've had a lot of, no season enders, but a lot of injuries on the offensive line. We've had to juggle things around quite a bit. We'll do that again this week. It's no different than any other team. It just happens to be that position right now for us. And it was a position that we really identified right when we first got here that we had to improve. We had to get bigger. I think, I think guys have done that. I think we'll be a much better offensive line as we go through. Um, and, and I expect him to play well this week. But, uh, but Jack coming along as an unexpected starter, as a true freshman, has really helped us. Man, he looks good in uniform, Coach. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he's big and <laughs> strong. He's a square body guy and uh, you know, takes a lot of pride in what he does.
Absolutely. That's head coach Ed Lamb, the brand-new head coach at the University of Northern Colorado. A huge game coming up this Saturday. They're all big against one of the best teams in FCS football, the Incarnate Word from San Antonio, kickoff at 2 o'clock. We're going to talk more with head coach Ed Lamb. Matt Gator and myself will return from the GOAT in West Greeley. You still have time to come out here, talk to the head coach, and also hear from... Let's see, Jordan Kanapke is going to be here, a linebacker. So stay with us right here on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA for the UNC Coaches Show from the GOAT. Stay with us. Welcome back to the GOAT in West Greeley. Come on out, great food. See all the games, all the highlights, everything you need. Bring the family out here. Awesome food. Wes Greeley at the GOAT every Tuesday night for the UNC Coaches Show with head coach Ed Lamb. And we have the home opener coming up. Coach Lamb's first game here in Greeley at the helm. And we've got a tough one coming up against Incarnate Word, a program that, man, they have really rose to the occasion and a quality of... Uh, FCS program coach from San Antonio. Yeah, I'm so glad uh, to, like I said, our, our, we had really high hopes. And, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, difficult to go on the road uh, for game one uh, with, with new, uh, new logistics, new coaches, new players, and a diff- more difficult to go on the road and beat a really good team in, in uh, Abilene Christian. But we expected to do that and came up short and unacceptable result. So it really would be disappointing this week to have you know, maybe a Division Two team on the schedule or something mm-hmm. where people would say, oh, that's a gimme, gimme win or, you know, a, a game where we wouldn't have to necessarily play our best game. We've got to play our best game to win. We understand that, and I like that challenge. So what are your thoughts on Incarnate Word? Obviously making it to the semifinals last year, top ten team this year in the FCS. What should we expect to see on Saturday? Well, we're going we're gonna to see a well-oiled machine. They've got, they've got systems. They've got continuity. The new head coach is, was the offensive coordinator last year. They've got a system of offense and defense that doesn't change week to week, season to season. They've had a lot of success with it. They have a lot of confidence. Uh, we, we will have to beat them at their game. We will have to be better at the, at the, the fine details, blocking, tackling, tackling, getting off blocks, breaking tackles, ball security, getting the turnovers, being solid in the special teams. We have to attack them at their strengths to have a chance in the game. They played in some huge games last year, uh, postseason games. That can really, obviously, mature a football team. I, I would imagine they're pretty mature when you look at it. Yeah, they are. They, they uh, know what they and, – and I thought Abilene was similar. You know, they had, Abilene mm-hmm. Christian had, uh, I think, uh, eight or nine starters returning on offense, and it showed. And they were, they were – uh, their timing was, was really solid. Uh, we expect the same out of Incarnate Word. They've got guys who have been in those systems, understand the process, understand the culture. We're still, you know, I'm still today preaching culture. I'm still today talking about uh, our mindset going into the game. And, and you never stop talking about it as a coach. I can be here 8, 10, 18 years and still be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are some players that are hearing it for the first time. Not, you know, it's, it's been said more than once, but they're hearing it for the first time still. And, uh, you know, we have, we have their attention more and more as the season goes along. Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about Blake Haggerty. He had led the team in receptions and receiving yards against Abilene Christian. 
It seemed like he kind of stepped up. I don't think a lot of people were maybe expecting him to lead the team in receptions and receiving yards. What are you looking for him kind of just moving forward throughout this year? Yeah, well, we sir, anybody who spends time with us uh, knows that it's uh, we're a weight room culture team, and that's where Blake uh, that's where Blake stands out. And so we absolutely had that expectation for him. We want to create that expectation. We want to support the efforts that he gives uh, throughout the offseason and the energy that he brings in practice every day. He's not the only one, and he's not the only receiver. And there will be other games where we have other receivers step up in a big way, but absolutely no surprise to anybody on our coaching staff that Blake was ready to go uh, when, when he was called upon. You're listening to new UNC head football coach Ed Lamb along with Matt Gator here, color analyst, and myself, Blake Olson. You can hear the games on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. The pregame begins at 1 o'clock on Saturday, kickoff at 2 o'clock, coach, and we need to get the students out. We need to get Northern Colorado out to this game. We need the tailgate to start at, I guess we can start at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Get it going. I know there's a, there's a big game, I think, in the state coming up about 45 miles away from here. I think they, they're playing when the, a JV high school team would play. You remember Jordan playing high school uh, JV games at 10 o'clock in the morning? Oh, you never played JV games. You were playing varsity when you were a freshman. But uh, uh, we know there's a big game going on, Coach, on a Saturday morning. The fans can watch that game in the parking lot, tailgate, and get ready for this big game coming up on Saturday. We need them, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're not, we're not really paying a lot of attention to other games going on <laughs> that day. We've got a full day of preparation ourselves that morning, and, and we're focused on what we're doing. Um, always happy for the other guys' success and for local team success, so we'll check the scores and everything. But, you know, the best, the best thing I could say, I'm not really a, a raw, raw guy. I don't know that I can give a great pep rally speech, but, you know, I've said it since I, since I got here and got to know our players, we should win this year. And I put that pressure on myself, and I'll still put that pressure on myself. We should be successful and win this year, hold me accountable to it, and I see that happening on Saturday. So, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about just fan involvement, fan engagement at games, historically at UNC home games in the past. Normally get a pretty good turnout for the first half of the game and then come halftime, third quarter. Really, whether it's win or lose, a lot of people tend to start leaving those games. Do you have any plan to try and keep – not Terry, <laughs> I see him shaking his not head. No, he's, he's, he's always there. <laughs> but is there anything to try and get people to be more engaged, more interested in staying for the duration of a game and their support in your team? Yeah, in my experience, people, people come out and support games, buy tickets, show up to support the team. And, you know, staying for the game, you have to be meaningful in meaningful games. Mm-hmm. And so we have, to, we have to be like this game we've already talked about from a player standpoint. You know, we, it, it, to make the playoffs, you've got to win at least one non-conference mm-hmm. game and then probably go 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one in the conference. And, and so that's what's on the, on the line and at stake for us. And I think over a period of years when, when fans begin to understand we need this victory, we need to close out this victory for a chance at the playoffs. And more importantly than that, late in the season to close out victories and be playing meaningful games for conference championships. That's what keeps people coming back to the games in my experience. And really it's the only way I want to look at it. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not in charge of marketing. I'm not in charge of development. <laughs> like I would fail at those jobs. I don't have any experience. So my job is between the lines, win the games and the fans in, in my experience, that's when they start to show up and stay. 
Now, as far as your family, I'm sure they're excited to have a home game and get this thing going here in Greeley. What, what's the talk at home? You've had a, maybe a few more hours this week because it's a longer week. What are they talking about? Yeah, you know, home's really the sanctuary. It, it, it revolves around our, our uh, son, and, you know, there's not a lot of football talk at home. Okay. We don't watch a lot of football at home. Um, it, really, the talk... It, my my wife, my daughters, they're more interested in the, the the individual players. Who is this this person? What are they majoring in? Do they where are they from? You know, they, they ask <laughs> right. questions like that, sure. and, and that really to me that that helps me escape the the grind, the preparation of football. And I've got a place at home where I can do that. But also the the personal part of football is something. Strangely enough, I don't get a chance to do. We're, once the players show up at one thirty every afternoon, we are on the clock. And we don't we don't have time to really talk about mm-hmm. where you're from, what are your hobbies, and stuff like that. Right. We have to do that in unexpected moments at team meals and buses and things like that. You know, you talked about your effort uh, with your team in Abilene on Thursday night. Uh, I think more than anything, UNC fans going into this game, they're going to appreciate no matter what happens. They're going to appreciate a team who fights to the end here. And, and leaves it all on the field. I know those are cliche, but it's the truth. This area is so hungry for a team that will just lay it on the line and they can see that they're doing whatever they can. We know the coaching staff is and we know the players are. These student athletes work extremely hard. But do you, do you talk about that at all or uh, is that part of the culture? I want you to kind of sell it here. I know you're not in marketing, but the, yeah. the radio listeners yeah. who haven't seen you yet and the Northern Colorado football program, they're going to see a team that fights. All I ask uh, for the players is, is uh, a, a weight room culture. Mm-hmm. I ask for effort at practice. And then I, I ask for toughness, mental toughness in the game. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what they showed. They showed mental toughness. You can, you can, we, can, we can talk about teams right now, and I'm not, I'm not trying to call teams out, but you can talk about a lot of teams who fell down in the first half, second or third quarter this week, and ended up giving up 50. You know, and it maybe even started as a competitive game. That's, that's, I don't think that's the, the makeup of our team. Uh, I believe that our team is going to fight till the end every week. I believe that they know that we just got to keep pumping that water pump. It, it, the well's going to eventually give us what we're looking for, yeah. uh, and I, and I think they, I know they still have a belief for that, and so fans will see that certainly on Saturday. Coach, I remember looking at the stat sheet and only seeing two penalties, I think, if I remember that correctly, at least two accepted penalties. I just remember looking at that and thinking that's really impressive for a first-year staff. Um, But kind of want to segue into Jordan Kanapi, the guest we're going to have on in the second half, and just wanted to ask you a little bit about him, one of the leaders on this team, and just what you can tell us about him. Yeah, well, Jordan's one of those guys we've talked a little bit before about, uh, you know, a new staff comes in and, and everything changes. You know, I, I, one of the first exercises I did with the players, you guys may have seen it before, but you, know, you ask everybody to fold your arms and, and then try to do it the opposite way. If you've ever done that, it's really awkward. And, you know, everybody does this all the time. You're doing it right yeah, now. That's Let's right. Change that. Put the other thumb on top. You know, that that's mm-hmm. awkward. And, uh, you know, it, you take that, times it by a 1,000 when a new coaching staff comes in and says, hey, we got a new way of doing things, not sure how good you are as a player, not sure if you were uh, correctly recruited here. And then as we get to know him, we say, hey, guess what? I want you to change positions from what you, you call yourself. <laughs> you know, that uh, yeah. for, for a guy to not only do that, accept that, but then thrive at that, that shows the kind of character that we have there. That's why he's a major leader for us on our defense, a guy we know we can count on.
Well, Coach, I'm excited. I'm fired up again. It's week two, plenty of football to be played. We're going to kick it off at 2 o'clock at Nottingham Field, pregame at, at 1 o'clock on 103, 1 and 1310 KFKA. Good luck the rest of the week. Thank you for everything. We appreciate what you're doing, and I think uh, the fans are going to fall in love with you and the coaching staff and this team once again as you try to knock off a top 10 team in FCS. This is, uh, I mean, this is no joke. This is a really good football team. Wouldn't have it any other way. Heaven on earth as far as I'm concerned. Coach, Thanks, thank Blake. you very much for your yeah. time. Thanks, thank Coach. You. Say hello to the family as they get ready uh, for their home, their first home game at Nottingham, the Lamb family. And we're going to get ready for Mr. Kanapke. Jordan Kanapke, the, one of the new linebackers, former safety, will join us right here on the UNC Coaches Show. Terry Gaber, super fan, is out here. He's getting ready for his honor coming up uh, this Saturday. We're going to try to win this one for Terry Gaber. Matt Gator and myself will continue and be back from West Greeley and the Goats Sports Bar right out uh, on the west end of town, come on out. You still have plenty of time. And come out here every Tuesday night. And you can listen also right here on 103.1 and 1310. KFKA, stay with us. Back to West Greeley at the GOAT. And... We're talking UNC football right here on 103.1 and 13.10 KFK. I'm Blake Olson along with Matt Gator, and our guest is linebacker Jordan Kanapke. Jordan, good evening. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Excited you, to be here. You bet. I, I, I thought you had been here. I thought yeah, you no. were here last year. This is your yeah, first First appearance. time. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah? yeah. Oh, it gets even better. I mean, Terry will take you in. You'll you'll do an hour worth of photos. It just, I mean, it's amazing. The rest of the way, you've never experienced anything like this before. Jordan, first of all, let's get this out of the way. This is the team barber. So if you need your, you need a haircut, or you need a fade, or you need to get the business done in the front and the and the party in the back or whatever, uh, he'll he'll hook you up with that. How long have you been cutting hair, Jordan? Yeah, so uh, I started um, when I first got into college because I kind of got tired of paying for haircuts. And then I went through a period of just giving myself bad haircuts for a long time and then started to get better, then ended up cutting my roommates. And then in my last school, I was cutting, like, the whole football and basketball team. And that's kind of followed me here as well. Now, my 12-year-old, now his hair is, is down to the floor because he won't let anyone else cut his hair. So Jordan cut his hair, and now he's walking around like a hippie. So we got to get him over to Jordan's, Jordan's place. Jordan's also an artist. You have paintings at the barber shop. You like doing that also? Yeah, no, actually, that's something I got into. Uh, that season I got hurt when I had all that free time, um, that was something I picked up. And it's just one little passion of mine, making my free time. So, yeah. Yep. So when we're in the season right now, how many how many heads would you say that you cut <laughs> per week? I think uh, that's the right way to ask that. Yes. I don't know. It it usually revolves around the game. So everyone everyone wants a haircut like right before the game. So like last week before we traveled, I cut from when we got out of practice the night before from about six thirty to maybe eleven thirty that night. So, wow. Yeah. How much money did you make? <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did was, all right. I was it right. NIL money? <laughs> <laughs> well, Frankie doesn't look like he's had a haircut in a while either. No. Well, he, Frankie, he, Frankie doesn't come to me that often. He, does. he doesn't? Yeah. 
Who, who's, whose hair is the most difficult to cut on the team? Most difficult. Um, I mean, the few times I've, uh, I've cut Serm, he's <laughs> difficult because he never knows what he wants. There was, <laughs> there was one time he was like, I just want a little bit off top, and then he was like, no, I want a mohawk, and then, he, then, then it turned into, uh, no, let's just shave my head. <laughs> so, so he was probably the most difficult just because he's not very particular about what he wants. You think uh, Vincent King's ever going to let you give him a haircut? I, I always tell him because he's always got the little uh, taper on the side, and I was like, I can do that. But, <laughs> but I don't know. If he wants to, he's always welcome. Jordan, you went to Grandview High School, which is in southeast Aurora. For those who don't know, great football program, high school football program. But you have an interesting family background, your parents. T- talk to me and tell me about the athleticism in your family and uh, siblings and all that. Yeah, so uh, my family's kind of always been in sports. Uh, my mom ran collegiate track. Uh, she, grew up, she grew up in uh, Shatter, Nebraska. She ended up going to Shatter State. And then my dad uh, went and played football and ran track there as well. Um, I think the one season there, he was an All-American. Um, and then my dad ended up playing arena football um, for a while after. Where did he play arena football? Uh, a, bunch, a bunch of teams. Like, Is that right? Yeah. Um, like, I, I remember there was, there, was, there was one league. Actually, I, I forget what team it was, but I remember because I was still young, but I was old enough to remember. Um, there was a team at the Budweiser Events. Right? Center. Did he play on those yeah. on those teams? Yeah. So that was one of them that he played at. I can't remember the name of that. You got to be tough to play in those things. Yeah. He he was <laughs> he was funny. He was like because he, he was a corner. He was like once I played arena, I thought I thought uh, going back to regular football was the easiest thing ever because they can run <laughs> at you full speed. So then, is that where your parents met? Was in Shatter, Nebraska? Yeah. yeah. How would they end up in Colorado? So my, my dad's from Colorado. He grew okay. up in Aurora. He went to Eagle Crest High School, and then um, after after school, um, they got married. Well, they they had they got they got pregnant. Had they got married, and then my dad was like, "We're moving back. We're not staying in Nebraska." So yeah, and then uh, yeah, had me, my sister, and my brother. Um, then my sister plays soccer at University of South Dakota. She's in her last season. And then my brother is uh, big into football and track right now. He's a really good athlete, isn't he? For sure. Can you describe him as a, as a player? Man, he's, he's a playmaker. And he's, he's so advanced for his age. I mean, he, he literally has been playing since he was a freshman. And he had, like, he had five picks his freshman year. And just he's always been known to make plays around the ball. And so I just want to clarify, this is your younger sister. That's in her last year, but you still have a two years left. <laughs> yeah, this year and then next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird how it works out with uh, COVID. And then I had I had that uh, me- that medical red shirt uh, clock extension. And then in, in soccer, they don't do. There's no such thing as a red shirt in soccer. Yeah, so. you're just, she's she's two years younger than me, but yeah, she's in. Going to be done season. a year before you. You're yeah. going to be a college football vet. <laughs> I, I, know, sure. I know a little what that's like. But sure. but you're taking advantage of the time. This is amazing. You've already finished your you completed one masters. Yeah. What was that in? And then now you're going. You, you're trying to earn another. Yeah, so uh, my undergrad um, at University of Sioux Falls before I grad transferred um, was a bachelor's in business admin with a minor in finance. And then when I transferred here, I was going to start my master's program. Um, but at the time, I had three seasons of eligibility. Mm-hmm. And Abby was like, hey, you can get another bachelor's. So I got another bachelor's in <laughs> economics. And then after I finished that bachelor's of economics, I just finished up my master's in um, General business administration. I finished that last uh, last spring. 
So yeah. So now now I'm working on a master's of sports administration. Incredible. So, so two well, bachelors, one master's already, and working on a second master's. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we may honestly, we may have the, the most intelligent football team in the country. There may be some PhDs walking out there, you know, <laughs> before before all said and done. Correct. Yeah, I was. I, was uh, I actually was thinking about going for a PhD just for the title, but I, I couldn't get it done in time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's difficult in playing football at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What makes a a, a good student athlete? What do you have to have inside of you in order to get through all this, to accomplish what you do at a high level in Division One football, and then go into the classroom and and, and not only pass. But to score high marks. Yeah, I think I think it's just a drive to be successful, but then it's also time management. You you gotta know that you have so much time dedicated to sports and then so much free time. And if you if you're looking to be successful in each, you gotta know how to manage your time. You've made that, that transition from uh, safety to linebacker. How was that in your first game? Uh, it was it was all right. I think there's a lot of improvement that I could have done. Um, I'm pretty I'm a pretty Hard on myself. I'm a pretty hard evaluator on how I played, um, so I think there's a lot I could improve on, um, just as much as the team could as well. Yep. Well, t- we're, we're going to continue. We're going to take a quick break, Jordan, from the goat in West Greeley. Come on out here. You can meet Jordan and Terry Gaber, super fan. He's signing autographs, and we're going to get you ready for this big game coming up on Saturday at Nottingham Field. Uh, UNC and Incarnate Word, the 10th-ranked team in FCS in this level of college football. It's going to be a great game kicking off at 2 o'clock pregame right here on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA at 1 o'clock. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with Jordan Kanapke on KFKA from the GOAT. After this, so stay with us. We're going to play a game show, okay, Jordan? All right, sounds good. Welcome back to West Greeley and the GOAT. Come on out here every Tuesday night for the UNC Coaches Show. We talk UNC college football uh, with head coach Ed Lamb in his first year and also a special guest, Blake Olson, along with Matt Gator. We're getting ready for Saturday's game at 2 o'clock kickoff against Incarnate Word, pregame at 1 o'clock. And our special guest is the great Jordan Kanapke, linebacker former safety and i know you guys realize this but this is a a quality football program coming into town tell the fans about incarnate word jordan yeah man uh they're gonna they're gonna be a really good team um a lot of respect to them but to be honest i think it's more about us going out there um doing our thing aligning right doing the right assignment and playing aggressive on defense i think i think that's what really hurt us uh last week yeah abilene was a good team but there's a lot of times where we were misaligned and just not playing right. So I know you were upset with your performance last week and the defensive, defense's performance as a whole. How do you build on that moving forward into this next week rather than letting that bring you down? So uh, what we do, uh, we the day after the game, um, we do a flush. We have a workout and a lift, and then we watch film, and we have a 24-hour rule where anything good or anything bad, we talk about it, and then we build upon it on the week. We flush out the last game, and then we go immediately into our next game plan, um, fixing the corrections from the previous week, and then um, adjusting the game plan for this next opponent. How difficult is it, uh, the fact that you have a lot of time, it's a good thing, 
that you have a lot of time from that Thursday game to this next game. But at the same time, you guys are probably chomping at the bit to get back out there and kind of correct some things. I think the, uh, the extra few days was very beneficial to us, to be honest. I think we were frustrated with how uh, last, the last game went. So mm-hmm. I think uh, giving that extra day is going to give us a different level of preparation that we wouldn't normally have. So first home game this year, obviously, against Incarnate Word, top ten team. I asked Vincent this last week, which do you prefer more, home games or road road trips? You know, it's funny. Uh, early, early in my career, I was always a big, uh, like I love road games. But um, last year made me really appreciate home games. Um, just the fact that you're, the, you, don't have, you don't have that day of travel and the day of um, where you get back at like 3, 4 in the morning. Yep. So I really appreciate uh, home games, and it's really cool um, seeing like your family and friends always being able to make it. Just curious, what? Uh, did Abilene Christian do up front early on in that game that was so dynamic? Why were they able to run the ball so well? Uh, I think I think part of it was uh, they, they dominated line, line of scrimmage, um, but at the same time, I, I felt like um, we had some misfits um, in, the, in our front seven. I think that hurt us for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then missed tackles. There was there was many times where we could have got off the field on third down early in the game, and we didn't. And I think that that altered the change of the game. And I figured like that we did better in the second half, but at that point it was too late. So can you talk a little bit about how important it is really on first down, staying ahead of the chains as a defense and not giving up big chunk plays to face a second and short? It's huge, man. Um, Football is such a game of momentum, and you always want to have the momentum on your side. If you can bring pressure, get a TFL, or limit them to one or two yards, um, it's it's big in setting up the plays that they have on the second down as well as uh, building the momentum for the defense. Okay. We're trying to do this every week, Jordan. Jordan Kanapke, linebacker, Northern Colorado. We're going to play a little game show. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. All right. Micah, do we have any game show music? A little jo- oh, very good. We're going to see how well Jordan knows his teammates. Oh, gosh. Now, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that he had no idea this was coming. And, and Matt, if you have a, a question, please uh, chime in here. How about this one? I always have a difficult one with this. Do you know how to spell Tyzel? Tyzel Lewis's uh, first name. I believe it's with two Z's. So I think it's T-I-Z-Z-E-L-L. I do it every time. You are incorrect. It's oh. T-I-Z-E-L-L. I do it every time. Man. I- I've, been, I've been writing his name, I think, for five years since he was at Chaparral. And I always put T-I-Z-Z-E-L-L, and I said, I bet you Jordan miss, misspells yeah. it, even though he has T- a master's. Tizzy. Tizzy's going to be mad at me for that one. Tizzy, yeah, yeah. that's right. And see, that's what happens. You, you call well, him yeah, Tizzy. You, and... you start to know people by their nicknames and not their real name, and then you're like, oh. Absolutely. And he, he played very well on Saturday. Oh, right? for sure. Uh, right. Got right. in there and, and, and uh, lowered his shoulder and made some tackles, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I thought he looked pretty good in coverage as well. Absolutely. You have one? You want to try yeah, something? Yeah, no, I got another question okay. for him about a teammate. Okay. Asked Vincent the same question last week as well, and I don't think you're going to know it. I'm just telling you <laughs> that now. Defensive lineman, Sam. Yep. How do you say his last name? Oh, I, I, I'm not even going to try. I don't, I, <laughs> I really, I've, I've never even heard him say it, so I'm not even going to try. You know, he, he wouldn't try either. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, that's 0 for 2. Okay, now you have to pronounce it. Iongi Amatuanai. Amatunai? Amatunai. Yeah. Yongi Amatunai. I've seen his name maybe a few times on paper, and I, I haven't even, like, 
asked him. So <laughs> I, I love it. Try. Okay, a little Jeopardy music, Michael. Let's try this one. This is the easy one, I'm sure. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm sure he knows this. Whose uncle is John Lynch? Oh, that's easy. Keenan Guthrie. Keenan Guthrie. Very good. Hey, I have absolutely nothing to give you, Jordan, except for my 12-year-old, and you can cut his hair. <laughs> sounds good. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to pay you uh, market value here. Okay, so Keenan Guthrie's uncle is John Lynch, uh, Hall of Famer. And uh, let's see, we stumped you on that one. I'm going to ask you this one. Where did Peter Costelli, a transfer quarterback, where did he transfer from? Troy, and then before that, he was at Utah. Woo! Troy and Utah. Okay, Jordan, where did one of the hosts of this program, myself, where did I go to college? Wow, I... Uh... <laughs> Troy. Troy? Is that where Troy, you went? Troy, you got it. Now you know. <laughs> Woo! I have no idea. All right, let's see. We have a, you have anything else, Matt? Let me see. Yeah, so not, not about a teammate. Okay. This is just a, a hypothetical for you. Okay. If you could play any other sport in college, what would it be? Uh, basketball, for sure. Without a doubt. Why? Uh, that, was, that was always my first love. Um, that was the sport that I loved when I was, like, when I was super young growing up. Mm-hmm. If I if I could have been like a six seven guard, that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so six seven, not a not a tackle. No, 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 no. Don't want to get down there on the six, offensive six, line. Six seven, like point guard, shooting guard. That would have been that would have been amazing. Did you play at Grandview? <laughs> I did. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You were on the varsity. Yeah, great I, uh, basketball program. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. When I was when I was in high school, we got better every year. Uh, my freshman year, we we lost in the first or second round. My second year, we went elite eight. My junior year, we went Final Four, and then my senior year, we won it all. So that was pretty cool. That's incredible. Who do you who do you uh, kind of aspire to be as far as a football player, linebacker? Who do you look up to and have always admired? Anyone? Uh, it's it's different now that uh, I'm playing linebacker. I think I think it's start it's changed. I think I really admire uh, Luke Keekley because he was just so uh, cerebral and mental with the game. He always, mm-hmm. if you watch uh, film studies with him, he can always diagnose where a play is going, and he seems to be moving faster than everyone else. Um, when I was at safety, I really liked uh, Justin Simmons and Jamal Adams, and yeah, for newer players. Yeah. So, which position do you like playing more, safety or linebacker? I, I like attributes of both, but I think uh, these coaches think that I'm in the best position to succeed now, so I'm going with it, and yeah. Okay, you're playing a, a team, Incarnate Word from San Antonio. One more uh, opportunity here for you to get another answer right as we listen to Jeopardy in the background. I think there are two players from San Antonio. As a matter of fact, I, th- I think I only know one. Who is that player? If there's a second one, I don't know. But I know one for sure is uh, Makai Johnson. Yeah, very good, Jordan. <laughs> he, uh, he, al- he, al- he always talks about uh, Incarnate Word, how they wouldn't recruit him. So it's got like a little chip on his shoulder. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a revenge game for him then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they play right off the highway near the Alamo, Alamo Stadium, one of the historic high school football stadiums in Texas. And uh, Incarnate Word, I'm sure they were very interested in Makai. You know what? He's getting some, some PT and, and, and is doing a nice job back there, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's, he's stepped up for sure. He's grown up as a player for sure. So what should the people listening expect to see and hear from you and this UNC defense on Saturday? 
Um, it should be execution and effort. That's that's what really what we're looking for. Execution, effort, um, and aggressiveness on the field every snap. Terry wants to know, you know, that is a great point. I should bring that up, Terry. Terry wants to know what number you wear. We know because it's ingrained in our, in our memory. Uh, what number do you wear? Why do you wear that number? And uh, what would you like to say to the fans in the student section and uh, all the fans, Northern Colorado fans, about coming out this weekend? Yeah, uh, my, my, uh, my number is number two, and I wear number two because it's kind of been our family number. My dad wore number two. I wore two growing up. My sister always wore two. Now she wears uh, 20, but that was like our number always growing up in our family, and it's kind of just been a part of me as long as I had. And when I had the opportunity to get it uh, after 21, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm jumping on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> For the fans, uh, I would love to see you guys come out. I would love to put out a show against a good team. All right, come on out this Saturday. Jordan Kanapke, thank you very much once again. He's a true pro. This guy handles himself like an All-American, and he is an All-American. He's a preseason All-American and one of the best players in the country, a linebacker. Come on out and support him Saturday at Nottingham. And uh, we're going to try to win this one coming up against the Incarnate Word from San Antonio. Jordan, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Jordan Kanapke. Matt, any final thoughts here as we get ready for this game on Saturday? I'm just ready for Saturday. Should be a good game, a good chance to go for this team to go out and prove themselves against a top ten team. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good one. I agree. Uh, Bring your grills out, uh, coolers, uh, your sunblock, and start this tailgating. At about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever, bring your TV. You can watch that other game that's going on in the state, at least one other, and then get you ready for this one coming up at 2 o'clock, pregame at 1 o'clock on 1031 and 1310 KFK. For Micah Kilpatrick back at the mothership, thank you, Micah, for everything you do. For Matt Gator and Jordan and superfan Terry Gaber, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week from the GOAT in West Greeley. Go Bears!